Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Turn with me to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. While you're turning there, I want you to just put your finger in that place in your Bible. Hold it on your phone, whatever you're doing, or just, just take one moment. We're going to speak into your life just right now to set the atmosphere. I've said some things, but now we're going to speak and pray, and we're going to agree. So I want you to agree with me. Are you ready to agree with me? Are you ready? Here we go. Lord Jesus, today, this is the day you've made, and I choose to surrender to you. Lord Jesus, we just right now, just pray with me. Here we go. Lord Jesus, right now, we surrender to your spirit. And we know that, Father, that we are seated with you in heavenly places. You said to pray, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, God, in the earth. So in this jurisdiction, Father, in this region, we've been assigned to you. We've been assigned to this region. So we walk in our authority and we accept our responsibility to give forth the glory of God. And so today, I'm not going to allow any carnality, any fleshly feelings, any demonic spirit to come and influence my thinking. Right now in this moment, I pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth are acceptable to you in this moment right here. Thy word of God, we hide in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. Paul was right, Lord, when he said that we, Father, are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, and we can do all things through you. So today, I receive, today, I believe, and we canceled every assignment in the atmosphere from hell, every strategy that's been placed over our church, every strategy that's been placed over our family, every assignment, every snare that's been placed over our marriages, every, every ploy that's been placed over my family. We say by the blood of Jesus, we cancel it and we reverse it right now. We live in the land of prosperity and we say our business is blessed, our families are blessed, our incomes are blessed, and we will stand in the right to be your citizens, Father, of your kingdom, and we will stand in our God-given right to be your children, God, in your kingdom, part of your family. So today, we will prosper and we believe it, and we are ahead, God. We are ahead and not behind. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are blessed going in and blessed going out, and we, God, now receive your word, and we believe, God, that your word is truth, and that you your truth and there's nothing can stop your spirit from working in my life today in Jesus name in Jesus name if you believe that come on give God some praise say I believe that say nothing is gonna stop God from working in my life right now turn to your neighbor and tell him let's go Come on, turn to somebody, tell them, get over it, let's go. Now, if they come up to you afterwards and complain to you and murmur and just tell them after church, you probably, you just weren't listening to Pastor Bobby. You weren't feeling the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, this stuff works. This stuff works. The Spirit of God is alive. The Spirit of God is here. Can I get some people to say amen or hallelujah or I believe that? Here we go, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint among the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They weren't talking about being too good to serve tables. They were talking about their priority, what was important to them. There were some complaints, and, and listen, folks, everyone has complaints, right? How many of you know that? You're going to find people that complain about everything. I'm talking, you know, everything can be just right in your life, but yet you're going to have somebody come around and complain about it because they just can't be happy or they just can't be satisfied. 
So they complained and they were giving. But in this case, history tells us that the, the Hellenists, the, the, the widows were being neglected. And there was some kind of a little bit of a, a, a racial existence there and prejudice there. And so I'll explain that in just a moment. But therefore, brethren, he said, it's not, it's not good for us to leave uh, the word of God and go serve tables right now. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will, everyone say, we will. We will give ourselves to continual prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nic, uh, Nicanor. <laughs> that sounds funny. Timon, Permanus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And with the word of the Lord of God, and then the word of God spread. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Listen to this. Out of all of this drama, the apostles had to make a quick decision. And that was, we have to identify what's a priority in our ministry in life. And we have to delegate and give and let somebody else worry about these things. See, I've got to explain to you what this whole situation was about, but this applies to us as well because you have to today. You're going to have to in this moment. If you're going to see God move, if you're going to see a difference in your life, you and I have to make a decision. We have to realize, is the problem that we're facing greater than God? And is it going to stop me from doing something that I love the most? Your greatest love in this, in this world, your greatest love as a Christian should be your relationship with Jesus Christ. Your greatest love for every person, even non-believers. Non-believers are still seeking and trying to figure out what satisfied them, satisfies them spiritually. Everyone is spiritually hungry, but the only thing and only one that can fill that void is Jesus Christ. And he is real. He's tangible. You can feel him. When you draw near to him, he'll come to you. And so this Sunday morning, we're going to talk about strategy for getting results. It's a standalone message for you today. We're in between series, and we're going to talk about strategy for getting results. How many of you want results in your life? I mean, real results. How many of you want to see a difference in your life? Differences in your life. I, I, I know that... We can get frustrated because we have no results, but I'm going to show you today what the apostles did and how they got results, and you can get the same results that they got. Are you ready for the word? Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them, get ready. We're fixing to get something good today. The blessings of God are here. Somebody say, I am blessed. You can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for being here. For all of you that are listening online, watching online, watching on YouTube, thank you for joining us. Thank you for subscribing to our channel and keeping up with our sermons. We are here to be a blessing to you. If you do want to keep up with us, download our app on the iTunes store and Google Play, and it is going to be a, a great thing. And we apologize again about the air conditioning malfunctions. We're going to get that straight, but, but I'm not going to recognize it too much because I know God's spirit is here, and God is doing great things right now. It's a great season. It's just a great season. It's a season of understanding and revelation and, and knowledge to know who we are. The greatest thing that can happen in your life is that you realize that, that God wants to bless you and God wants to move in your life and God wants to do something significant, not just for you, but for your family. For your family. Some of us have been blessed above measure and some of us have our financials that are just in order and just right maybe and you're doing well and that's not the need you have but there are other people that are here that have special needs that that God needs to really intercede in your relationships um, God needs to take care of some problems in your personal life and some some hurts 
Uh, you have some things that are there that have been hindering you from moving forward in God. And it's all about perspective. It really is. It's all about perspective. You know, it's kind of like looking outside the room into the world and you're inside your house and you've been there and you don't ever go out and, and then you never go and take care of the house, neither. And, and when you look outside, it doesn't look very pretty. But when you step outside, it's beautiful. Half of the reason is, is because the windows are dirty in your house. And everything you're looking through is look pretty at all. It's going to be dirty, filthy. But when you step outside on a sunny day, you get a different perspective. Sometimes you have to step outside of what you're hiding behind in order for God to bless you and give you a better view. Because everything's going to be based on your faith, how you see things. So, you know, in this moment, there was so, many, so much complaining going on. The Hellenists were, they were actually Jews that were at one point exiled from Jerusalem. And so there were two types of Jews. There were those that were exiled and called Hellenists that weren't raised in Jerusalem. And then there were Jewish people that spoke the Aramaic, Aramaic, Aramaic uh, speech. They were the language, and then the other Hellenists, when they came in back to Jerusalem from being exiled, they actually picked up the ways of the Greek, and they spoke Greek. So there was a little bit of prejudice there in the sense of neglection, and, and Paul had to deal with this. You know, they recognized, okay, our widows aren't being taken care of, and so they took the complaint to Paul. And when the apostle Paul looked at this, and when all of them looked at this situation, or Peter and all of them looked at this, they, they, started, they started to recognize, listen, it isn't good for us to give this attention or give our attention to this problem. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't care. And actually, it didn't mean that they didn't give it attention, but didn't allow it, but they didn't allow it to take up their time. Just because you don't give something your time doesn't mean you don't care all the time. You can assign others to take care of these problems in your life. And if you have nobody, guess what? You can always lean on Jesus. He said, come to me, those of you that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest, for I care for you. So everyone has someone. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you have someone in your life that cares. You don't ever say, no one cares about me. No one's there for me. No one listens to me. I feel lonely. I feel by myself. When God gives you his spirit and you have his word and you use those tools and use what God's given you, the scripture calls the spirit of God the comforter. The comforter. It's better than a hug. God embraces your spirit man, and from the inside out, he begins to give you peace and strength and comfort. But the apostles knew this whole circumstance was going to be nothing but a moment for them to lose momentum. God was building a church, and God didn't call the apostles to go out there and become waiters. Now, I've waited tables. That's how I started off when we first got married, my wife and I. I was a waiter. And I loved waiting tables. I loved playing the part. I worked at an Italian restaurant. I act like I was Italian. <laughs> I did. My little bow tie on. I wore glasses when I didn't need glasses. I learned how to sing happy birthday in Italian. I forgot how to sing it now, but I used to, I learned how to sing happy birthday in Italian. And I got big tips just by singing that birthday song. I loved waiting tables. But waiting tables is hard work. My hat goes off, and I respect people that work in restaurants, and I respect the, the single mom who works in a restaurant, and I, I believe in tipping well whenever you come across people that are trying to do their best. And see, waiting tables, I understand. It's a lot of servanthood in that. There's a lot of, of considering that person to help them have a good experience. Well, there are men that had to be picked and chosen to do this but they had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They had to be men of faith. 
They had to have some of the same qualities that the apostles had. So this made the apostles feel comforted by the fact that they put good men in charge of the responsibilities to care and to love for the congregation. That's one of the reasons why we established elders in this church, so these elders can love on you, pray for you, be a friend to you, to help lift the burden off of me because I can't pastor everybody and I can't, I can't be there every single time or every single place. And so we believe that God delegates and calls people to do this. And the Apostle Paul and the apostles here, all 12 of them, and I believe that I keep saying the Apostle Paul because he's so significant in the New Testament. But it's so significant to know this, that had they given themselves over to this problem, they would have not gotten the results that they got in the book of Acts. Had they given themselves over, and it was a real problem, everyone. It was a really big problem. It was a distribution of to food and, and necessities to the widow. You see, in the beginning when the apostles started the church, they actually encouraged everyone, give all that you've got. See, the New Testament church, they really didn't preach tithing very strong, it seems like, but what they taught was generosity. And in their generosity, and I'm not saying tithing is not biblical, but what I am saying to you is generosity is more challenging. It's easier to tithe than most of the time live in generosity because in the, you have to be generous but their generosity, they sold their houses. They sold their land. They sold everything that was in their life so they can give it to the church that they can make these distribution moments happen. That's where they got the food. That's where they got the supplies because people sold their goods and sold their lands. And when they did that, this is where they started making the distribution happen. So there's a problem. Now, if you allow a problem that you're facing right now, I want you to think of one problem. Just think of the problem that is really getting under your skin right now. Think of something right now where you just, you know what, I wish I can get this thing taken care of. And I'm not necessarily talking about a person or people. But anything. Your health, your finances, relationships. But anything. And how much time have you given to that problem? And what I mean by time is how much thinking, how much emotion, how much frustration, how many hours of sleep have you lost? How about your effectiveness? How effective have you been? Are you really reaching your full potential as a person, as a, as a businessman, as a businesswoman, as a, as a teacher, as a trainer, as a, as, 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 a, as a skilled person in your career? Have you really allowed yourself to be 100% or is 75% of yourself being taken by a problem? doesn't matter how big the problem is. It doesn't matter how small the problem is. When you give yourself over to a problem, it drains you. And let me just simply say this. The quickest way to get rid of the biggest problem is to surrender to Jesus and follow after him and start living the life, pick up a prayer life, and read your Bible. Because that, that biggest problem that's linked to that routine is yourself. Because sometimes our problem can be the person that we look at in the mirror. So I'm not talking about today. I think that you and I know how to take care of that problem. I mean, don't we know how to take care of that problem that stands in the mirror and stares us in the face and says, uh, you know, you're... You're just so pitiful. No one likes you. Oh, my God, nothing goes right for you. They never invite you. It, it, we know how to deal with that. I know how to deal with it. I go to the cross. I go straight to the cross, and then I go straight to the throne room. And I go straight into his presence. 
And I pray a little while, and after a while, those things begin to give me a different perspective. God just comes into my temple and starts cleaning my windows. Right? Everything becomes clearer. But I'm talking to you about other issues. You want it results? You want God to fix that problem? You want things to change? I'm going to show you how to do that. I love getting results. I don't like doing something over and over and over and over and not getting results. You know, the definition of insanity is when you keep on doing the same thing over and over and over and over with no results. That's the definition of insanity. But God didn't call you to lose your mind. God called you to save your mind and get it together so he can give you peace and strength and live a joyful life, a joyful life. There's something spectacular about God's spirit. My, my mantra, if you will, for, for my Christian walk has always been Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1, I love it because it says that, that I can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That you and I can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And the scripture says that that tree are my life that's planted by the river. Now we know that the river is the spirit of God. How many of you recognize that in the scripture? And how many of you know that his word, his word sown into your life keeps you connected by your thought process? Did you know that the word of God was given to us so our minds can stay fixed on him? Did you know if you have a hard time praying and wrestling with thoughts in your mind while you're trying to pray, the best thing you can do is read your Bible, then go into prayer, meditate on the word of God. Here's the benefits of it. It says that this person, you and I, that when we plant ourselves by the Spirit of God and we meditate on God's Word day and night, and we can meditate on God's Word day and night. We can. It's not impossible. If you have a song that's stuck in your spirit and in your heart and you can sing a song all day long, you can discipline your mind to think on a scripture all day long. But don't you hate it when you get that one song that just stuck in your mind? You wake up with the song that has nothing to do with God. You're like, I wasn't even listening to the Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> right? Oh, Pastor Bobby listens to the Sugar Hill Gang. You listen to worst. Like, I wasn't even nowhere near Def Leppard. I can hit all, gen all genres. You see, how do you get rid of those things? Well, you have to replace it with another thing that's going to touch your heart. Grab a hold of your thinking. That's how you deal with these things, by replacing it with something that will make a difference there. Men, you want to know how to get rid of evil thinking? Start thinking good thoughts. Start meditating on good reports. Start taking the word of God and start believing the word of God. And if you'll meditate on that day and night, guess what's going to happen? In your mind, there is no blockage. There's no hindrance. You're now not giving any space to anything else that's going to stop you from praying. And if you, that's why the scripture says first, he's like a man. Or blesses the man that sits not in the seat of the scornful, nor stands in the way of sinners. Right? But he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and he meditates on God's word day and night, and he becomes that tree. When you meditate on the right things, think on the right things, think the right way, you become a tree planted by the Spirit of God, and that spirit that moves in your life will begin to do this. The Scripture says that whatever you do will prosper. That means that there can be nothing that stands in front of you that can stop you from living a good life, from coming out ahead, from being blessed, walking in favor. There's no devil that can hinder the work of God in your life. There's no problem that can hinder the work of God in your life. They look, most of you, we all have been called. You have a calling in your life. Not everybody has a calling towards ministry and a pulpit ministry, but you have a calling to make a difference in your world. God gave you birth. He knew you before you were born. He knew you before you were born. And when you were born, you came out with a mission. 
You came out with a mandate. God assigned something to you and a purpose for you. And in order for that to be fulfilled, you're going to have to get this right in your life. Your thinking. And the only source of right thinking is the word of God. In this world, the only source, the only thing that can properly align your spirit, man, and your mind with God's kingdom is his word. That's why he told Joshua, if you want good success, if you want to see goodness in your life, if you need to see me work, then don't let the word depart from your mouth. Not only think about it, but speak it. How many of you have been speaking God's word over your life? You have to speak God's word over your life. But you have to know what God's word says about it. And so it says in Psalms that that tree becomes like a tree that brings its fruit in every season. Its leaves will not fade or wither. That means that you're not going to get burnt out. That means that the righteousness of God is going to continually come out of your being, that you're going to have a healthy lifestyle. You're going to have a healthy spirit. You're going to have a healthy family. You're going to have a healthy place for fruit to bring out, to bring fruit out of your life. There has to be that. There has to be a place in your life where you can grow, where you can produce, where you can stay planted. And when you stay planted in the Spirit of God, you're going to see things in your life begin to produce. The biggest problem we have when we're not producing in any area of our life is we're not planted in the right place. We're not meditating on the right things. The secret to anything succeeding that God has asked you to do is staying in his presence and keeping your mind on him. <laughs> Period. And so, when you're hungry, he fills you. When you desire him, when you think on him, it creates and arouses your spirit. And guess where you're going to go to get fed by God? You're going to go into the presence of God. You're going to go any place that God is. You're going to be involved in anything that God is doing. That's why and that's what makes people faithful to the house of God. People come to church based on a hunger. You're here because you're hungry. You're here because you want something from God. You're tolerating the, 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 the dysfunction in our air conditioning system right now because you feel something in this building. You know that God is here. You understand that there are things that are being deposited into your spirit that's going to make a difference. So when you hunger for him, then you start realizing that God will fill you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They will be filled. Now, if you stay hungry for God's word, if you stay hungry for God's presence, he will bless your life. Anything that has potential in your life is going to grow. And this is what the apostles knew. They knew, we can't let this one problem stop me and stop us from pursuing after God. That's what the devil does to you every single week, to you and I. He tries to bring a problem, tries to establish a little drama, messes with your imagination, makes you think things that aren't real, and causes you to stop, get your mind off of God, and get your Comanche Indian War outfit on, right? <laughs> You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. You're wasting all of that emotion when God could be working in your life in that moment and you try to do things your own way. I'm going to tell you something. You can get 10 degrees. You can be and have 0 .0.5, whatever, fat on your body. You can, you can get in so in shape. You can, you can, you can run a marathon and hit the, you can ride, a, do a triathlon, you can do whatever, uh, you can be the, the richest person in the world, wh whatever it might be. But if you don't have the Spirit of God and His Word, you're nothing. You're nothing. I know that's harsh. It sounds harsh, right? But here's the truth. It's your spirit man that needs to be built, to grow, to defeat the things that only God can 
Don't be afraid because you've never been there before. Can I tell you, Goliath was David's first giant. The Red Sea was, was Moses' first big miracle for crossing over. He's never saw a Red Sea before. That was his first Red Sea. Noah, no one ever built an ark. Noah didn't even know what an ark was. That was his first ark. And only one. Don't be intimidated because you've never been there before. Face your issues with faith in God, and God will dissolve them. What is the problem? What is the problem right now? If you're the problem, that can be taken care of right now. You can just simply say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Father. And it's done. And you have to rejoice in the fact that he forgave you. But if there's something else that's a problem outside of you, it can only be done by prayer and reading his word and sometimes fasting. But if you'll be consistent, you have a source in your life. You have a source. Listen. God knew you before anything else in this world. God knew you and ordained you to be somebody. You have an assignment. You have a plan from God. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1 and 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. That's before even Jeremiah knew who he was. Jonathan Suber talked about this, and we had a great men's night this past Friday. Man, it was awesome. It was a great night. It was such a great night. In fact, give a hand clap. We had women that were here serving. My mind was so focused on things, and I, would just, I didn't have to worry about a thing, knowing our, our staff and our volunteers. Give all of our volunteers a hand clap, please. All of them. We have people serving. It was just such a great spirit, just such a great attitude here. We're just so thankful for that. But Jonathan Suber mentioned this uh, Friday night. He said, he said um, you know, God knew Jeremiah before Jeremiah knew himself. And the biggest challenge is, do you know the you that you haven't seen and haven't met? Do you know the you that you haven't met yet? Because God has a plan for you. And, and, and until we start getting focused on the one who gave us the plan, we're never going to see it come to fruition. We're never going to see it come to, into existence. It's never going to be realized. Sometimes I just want to speak plain. Sometimes I just want to speak plain and tell you the truth. The, the, well, that's my calling, actually, just to tell you the truth. But I, I, sometimes I just want to look at you sometimes and, well, let me rephrase it. Sometimes I look at myself how about that? You know, I'm not exempt from any of this. Sometimes I look at myself and I say, God has so much more for you. No matter where you're at in life, God has so much more for you. God can be doing so much more with you. And the only thing hindering you is your lack of discipline to see God move. Because prayer is a work it is a work. But once you learn how to work, you learn how to love what you do. Once you enjoy and you get results, you love the results. Then prayer becomes fun. Then prayer becomes exciting. Then you can't wait to meet him again. Then you can't wait to pray with him again. Then you start learning the secret of, of releasing the word of God in your life. And then you start seeing things align with what God has planned for you. It is not God's will for you to live in misery. It is not God's will for you to always be in drama. It is not God's will for you always to be in financial hardship. No, it is not God's will. Listen, for your business, did God give you that business? Did God give you that idea? Did God establish it in your life? And it's not God's will for that business to falter or to fail. It's not God's business. Hey, did God give you that spouse? Don't give up yet. Keep on fighting. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Because what God has joined together, no one can put asunder. So if God put it together, it's going to take God to keep it together. 
I'm just talking plain to you right now and telling you that there's hope and there's nothing God can't do. But the change you want to see in your life is, comes from within first. It has to be here, and it happens to be good perspective. So, so I'm going to tell you my point, and my only point I'm giving you today is this. You have to ask yourself the question, what is more important to me, God or my problem? That's the point. I want you to remember this. What's more important to me, God or my problem? There are two types of people in this world. There are people that have faith, and there are people that operate by fear. There are people, and you and I are those people. We have a choice every single day. Are we going to draw our strength from faith, or are we going to draw our actions from fear? It's one or the other, folks. It really is. A lot of people are motivated by fear. Fear brings insecurity in your life. Fear of not fitting in. See, that brings insecurity. It's insecurity. And then you start, you start getting motivated by those actions. And here's what happens. When you start doing that, the wheels start turning according to your emotion. And you draw from fear, and all this starts working by fear. The gears start turning. And then you start thinking to yourself, what if... What if the bills don't get paid? Or what if, what if, what if they don't love me no more? What if, what if that person hates me? What if that person comes back at me? What if, what if I don't get work this next month? What if, what if I lose my job? What if, so now you're motivated to get to work and to do all those things and to do and build relationships based on, you see, based on fear. So, so whenever you are in a relationship and you're motivated by fear, then you become more of a people pleaser. When you're more fearful of not fitting in, then you become a people pleaser. And that's what turns your wheels. And then when you see a problem, that's what happens. Because there are two types of people. Again, the one, the one that's driven by fear looks at a problem and says it's never going to change. It's never going to change. But the person that has motivation, that's geared by faith, and they look at a problem, what they start to do, the wheels start turning, and they start because they have an, a deposit that's been given to them by the Holy Spirit, and they have something in their minds, and their spirit man is filled with faith because they've been praying. So they maintain that perspective of faith. So when they look at a problem, they go, ah, oh, that's not a problem. That's an opportunity. That's not a problem. That's an opportunity. And it's all because you're being driven or your source is one or the other. You see, right here, you're being driven by carnality or your humanity or your emotions. Right here, you're being spirit-led, and you don't believe everything that you see. You don't believe everything that you have, have going on in your life that is in alignment with God. You start seeing opportunity. You start seeing the chance for God to move. This is where the apostles, this is where they looked at the problem and they said, we're not going to be driven by fear, and we're not going to be afraid to go, you know, because they could have said, oh, my gosh. The, the, the Hellenists, are, are, they're mad. The Jews are mad. What if everyone gets mad at us? We better hurry and get down there. We better start serving tables to make everyone happy. I, I, can I just tell you real quick? If you're here because you want to make me happy, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm not going to make you happy. <laughs> I do not have time to go to every birthday party. I do not have time to go to every, every graduation. I do not have time to go to every event, every shindig, every single situation. God did not call me to serve tables. God called me to give myself to the word, to give myself to prayer, 
He called me to pastor you, but I have other people that I have delegated to to help me because I used to do it all by myself, and all I was doing was, oh, I'm afraid they're going to get mad because I'm not giving their widow food. I'm talking about myself right now. I had to come to a conclusion that I can't be afraid of people. I have to stay focused on what God's called me to be. I have to stay focused on what's important to me. So what's more important to me, the problem or God? And I use the word important because an importance is something that you put in priority. God's more important to me than any problem because if I thought the problem was more important, I would put priority on it and I'd be motivated by fear. But I'm not. I can't be. I can't be. Now, don't not, don't not send me an invitation to go. I'd love to be there. I'd love to join if I can. If I can, I will. If I can't, get over it. It's not because I don't want to. God called me to build a church. Okay? Do you understand that? I'm just being straight up with everyone right now. I'm going to tell you right now, I will hurt your feelings. I will say no. I can't make everything. Now, get over it. Because God called me to pray for you while I'm not there with you. I've been called to pray for you. I pray for you every morning. I pray for you every night. I'm, be, I'm praying right now God's blessings come into your life. I've been praying to give myself to the word so when you do come to church, I can give you something to feast on, not something that you can live in a famine with. That's my calling. Now, my son, I'm going to tell you, he's, he's a phenomenal speaker, but he's a great pastor. The elders... Wonderful people, full of wisdom, understanding, our leadership, capable people, everything. But there's an order to everything. But I can't run as a pastor. I can't run and, and solve everyone's problems all the time. I will go to the hospitals when you need me to. I will go to places when you need me to. I, I fulfill my responsibilities. But if for some reason I can't make it because God is dealing with me or something's happening, don't get mad when I send somebody to serve the table. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I feel like I need to say it right now. Because where we're going in the next facility and where God wants to take us, we have to have mature Christians among us. I'm actually fixing to set up a moment in a, in a, in a, in a, little, a little campaign for you all where you can sign up and my wife and I and our team will go and pray for your house and bless your house or pray for your business and bless your business. I want to do those things, but I have to organize it in such a way where it's conducive and it does not get in the way of me doing what I've been called to do. I'm a weird person, man. I'm just a weird guy. I'm relating myself to you because there are times when the family, this goes for my family too. So you don't think I'm being harsh to you. I'm not at all. But I have to give you the proper perspective. You're, you are going to have to realize that if you're going to end up seeing God work in your life, you cannot run to every fire to try to put it out. You can't feel guilty about every time somebody wants you to be there, and you can't. We are busy people, folks. We got, I got a family. I've got a life. I've got something going on. God's called me to build a church, and I'm going to tell you something. I am not going to allow anybody to give me a guilt trip just because I can't go or be there. Nobody. I came to serve God, not people. I came to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. But let me tell you something. For my kids, Y'all understand, and they understand. My wife understands. There are times when they go to the movies or do something. I want to go, but the Holy Ghost tells me, no, 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 no. You can't go. You have to stay behind, and you got to pray. I think I'm crazy, but this is what happens to me. I can't do everything that they do. So I figured a long time ago, you know what? Unless you let me go, Lord, unless you tell me to go, I'm going to go. But if not, I'm happy to be where I'm at because I would rather stay in prayer and God, you bless them and let's see some results in our life. Let's let the church grow. That's what my priority is. That's what's important to me. What's important to me is this, more than going to what you have going on, what's more important to me is your life prospering. What's more important to me is when there's someone who's interceding and I tell you, there's a big responsibility here. And for those of you that are watching online, if you're catching this message, stop being so nitpicky with your pastors. 
Give that man of God some space. Stop being so hard on him and his family because they're there to call. They're there by God. They are called to build a church. They are called to give themselves to prayer. They are called to do what God's called them to do. And not everything is fun and games all the time. There's a time for play and a time for, for work. But I'm going to tell you, what's important to you will take up your time. And I have found the more time I spend with God, the less time I have to spend with problems. That's a fact. Let me explain this. I would rather stay in prayer and pray and stay in the, on my knees so you don't have to fall on yours or fall on your face. Because when God's called, it's just like Moses. Did you recognize that Moses in the, New, in the Old Testament, when he was fighting, the Israelites were fighting, that, that he was in battle and they had to keep his arms up and they had to keep him in prayer in a position where he was yielded to God. And as long as they kept his hands up, they would win the war. Did you know that God called Adam to be in the garden before he would cause it to rain? Did you know that God couldn't use a man until he sent his own self in the form of a man and came in this world and Jesus was a man of prayer and made prayer a priority and he put his father first? That's why he saw the miracles. That's why people got delivered. That's why things were in proper perspective. That's why when he came across spirits, no spirit can stand in front of him because what was important to these men was God's will on the earth. That's what's important. So this is what I'm trying to tell you. Every person, myself and yourself, you have some things that are important to you. You have your family. You have your business. You have priorities. And you're going to have to make up in your mind that I'm going to spend some time in prayer. So when I start looking at problems, I'm not driven by fear. I'm driven by faith. And nothing's going to stop the work of God in my life. And you cannot be a people pleaser. You can't be afraid of what everybody thinks. I'm past that point. I am way over that. People get upset with me, get in line. <laughs> You're going to have to make up in your mind. I'm here to please God and be sensitive to God and go to God and stay in prayer. I'm going to tell you, men, you want to see your marriage strong? Women, you want to see your husband strong? Stay in prayer. Make it important to you that the anointing of God, the anointing of God comes on your children. What's important to you? You want things to start working out right? Stop going towards them with the human perspective. Stop going towards them with this mentality because the problem will never change. If you want to see something change, you've got to look from a different perspective because faith will get rid of the problem. Faith will bring I know it looks nasty. Did I spell it wrong? Okay, good. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> looks like my dog wrote it, but it's okay. I need one of them pins. Anyhow, do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Don't ever feel sorry. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You have to get thick skin. You have to stop being driven by people. You cannot, you have to find out what's important to you. And listen, if family time's important to you also, then put a barrier around that and don't make any apologies for it. As a, as a minister, I can't afford to lose my family. I am not afraid to say no now and spend time with my wife when I need it. My wife's the same thing. Now, I love you and I, I love spending time with you, but but I'm going to tell you, sometimes I'm going to say no. Not because I don't want to be there. Not because I don't like you. Because I feel the Holy Ghost dealing with me. Every time someone asks me to do something, every time someone asks me to do anything, or, or there's a problem, the first thing I do is I lean not on my own understanding. I don't lean on my own understanding. Because my own understanding will bring fear. But I lean on Him, and it brings faith. And faith tells me what to do. What's priority? Do I feel a peace about it? It's important to me. Again, the apostles could have went down there because they were leaders. And you know how it is in church. You know how it is and could be. If you've been in church for a while, you understand this. When the pastor doesn't do something, where's Pastor Bobby at? 
in his skin. <laughs> right? In his skin, right? He's been called to do something. People think, I'm going to tell you something. Would you like to know what our schedules are like? Now I'm in a season right now. I'll tell you, I'm not a, I, I'll tell you exactly where I'm at. God has me in constant prayer and studying right now. That's where I'm at. But God has these kids and the staff. We have a wonderful staff at this church. I'm going to tell you right now, we do. We really do. They stay busy. They stay working. You want to know how busy church can be? Come hang out. Join the internship. Join that stride internship. I don't know if there's an age limit on it, but join it. You'll find out. It was true when you called the kids up. It was true. They're busy. You want to hang out with me for a little while? Maybe we'll do a pastor internship. But you hang out with me for a while. Just tell you right now, I don't have time for a lot of things. But I got to make time for Jesus. And I don't have time to be going and solving all these problems. I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to stay in prayer. And if you'll get in prayer, what comes into my life will go into your life. What you tap into God with, there's going to be angels that are circulating over our environment and our region. There's going to be some movement going on in the heavens. Because I pray God begin to bless the church, touch the families. And I call you out by name. And I call you out by your businesses. And I've been praying, God, let there be a transfer of wealth. But let those businesses become aligned with the kingdom. If you're not sowing a portion of that business into God's kingdom, it is not going to thrive. I know, I'll say it again. I'm not saying pay a full tithe on it or anything. I'm saying if your business did not, is not being sown into the kingdom, don't expect it to thrive because that's a source. You want it to be a source of God? Then tie it to the kingdom. Then put values in that business that honor God's kingdom. Put, put values on that business that's going to make it right. Put values on your home. Start praying in your home. If you want your family to be blessed, it's very simple. The house of obedience was blessed just by having a box in it that represented God's presence. Well, you got the real deal. You are the house of God. You are the ark of the covenant. You are that person. And when you let the presence of God begin to dwell in your life and move in your life, I'm going to tell you something. Everything that belongs to you is going to prosper and be blessed. When you see a problem, you're going to be Fear, you're not going to be fear-led, you're going to be faith-led, and you're going to feel an opposition, and it's not even going to come close to what you feel in your spirit, because greater is he that's inside you than him that's in the world, and any problem, any problem. I got to go. I got to go. I'm coming to a close. Come on, Haley. Come on up here. I hope this is plain today, but I think it needs to be said. I love you. I love you very much. I pray for you. I, I, I be, I'm believing God's best for you. I believe that God wants to move in your life and take you to another level and stop being in a place of mediocrity. God, this is not where you're at right now. It's not God's best. God's best will never be found till we get to heaven because there are more levels. God's best, absolute best is heaven. But until you get there, there are steps, and there are levels, and there are new dimensions, and you have been given the soulful right as a child of God to be a dominant person, a dominant figure in this region because you are part of a kingdom. You are part of a kingdom that will subdue all other kingdoms, and there are other kingdoms in this world. There's the economy, the kingdom of the economy. There's the education kingdom. There are so many different kinds of kingdoms. But the kingdom of God inside of you is greater than all kingdoms. And you have something great. You have to make hard decisions, guys. You're going to have to make some hard decisions. And you've got to be a, a man enough and a woman enough to, to make them. The results of that decision, when you make them, like the apostles, when they said, we can't go and serve tables, but I want to show you what happened when they made that hard decision. Look at this. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Again, then the word of God spread. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Multiplied. It multiplied. 
See, because when you go through a problem and deal with men, and you get involved with, with spirits that mess with you, a man can only take you so far. And spirits want to want to subtract from your life. The devil subtracts, men add, but God multiplies. God multiplies. And when they decided, I'm not going to give in to that problem, I'm going to let other people handle that because I can't get off track. Would you like to know why I don't come into every service early? I intentionally wait to the end of the first song. I time it. Because most of the time when I come in, there are people that want me to serve tables. And I can't do that. Because I, then I'll end up up here with five messages when God only gave me one to give. So I have to wait. And I have to make it priority. I've had people get after. I had people that were so upset with me before and tell me, well, you don't get here early. You don't meet the people. You need to have coffee with them. You need to talk with them. You need to do. And I did that. I did that. Pastor, you don't engage enough. You're not friendly. And I did that. But then God, I began to pray and God told me, don't worry about that stuff. You'll have time with certain with, with who you need to have time with. But when you get up here, you better be anointed. You better be filled with my word. You better be focused on one thing. And you've been called to give an assignment. You have a job for today. Get the job done. The church grew. The church multiplied. Why? And listen to this. Listen to this. And great many of the priests religious people, the priests that were against this, the priests that were against Jesus, they were obedient to the faith. They started being converted. Even the hardest heart that are out there, God can work on those hearts if you'll give yourself over to prayer and give yourself over to the Word. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now that God will make a difference in your life if you allow Him to come into your life and take time for Him and time is so important to God. In conclusion, here are the questions you have to ask yourself once again. What problems, what problems have been keeping you from God? What problems have been keeping you from God? And number two, what blessings have you missed because of it? And what promises haven't been fulfilled because of it? People come to this house based on a hunger. People stay away from this house based on a lack of it. The fix is easy for you and I is to get filled with faith. For those of you that have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have got your prayer language, if you're not doing it every single day, your mind can't be changed and renewed. The spirit of your mind cannot be renewed. And you will not live on a heavenly level where God has his angels maneuvering things over your business, over your family, over your life. Because the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what the spirit, what the mind of the spirit is. And God knows exactly what you need in your life. But you don't know what to say. You don't know how to say it. You don't know exactly what it is. But the Spirit of God inside of you says you do. The Spirit of God inside of you prays through you and intercedes for you and says things that you don't even know, have any, any idea what's going on. The Spirit of God will go and he will start dealing with things that you have nothing, you know nothing about. That's what happens. God is in control when you let him have control of your life but you have to do it every single day. I know that sounds dogmatic, but I'm going to tell you something. You must pray in the Spirit every day. Jude said, praying in your most holiest faith. 
praying in the Holy Ghost, praying and building up your faith. Don't knock it till you tried it. Don't knock anything from God unless you first experience it because God has more for you. And I'm encouraging every single one of you, get renewed in your faith again. Get renewed in your prayer language. Get renewed in your Bible reading. Get renewed in your life and your areas with God. And you're going to see some changes and you're going to see some strategy. That's the strategy. That's the strategy for seeing change and getting results is being planted by the rivers of water. And everything you do is going to prosper. Everything you do will begin to prosper. Even in a season when the economy says it's different, you can't go by that. You're being driven by fear. But this is what's going on right now. Just blah, blah, blah. That's fear. The economy in God's kingdom never fails. God opens up more doors. God makes the right connections. God sends angels. God fulfills his word. God does it. So stop being a naysayer and always talking about the problem. Because when you see the problem, all you see is no results, fear. But to those that are filled with faith and have a walk with God, when they see a problem, they say, ah, this is the chance for God to move. I wonder what God is fixing to do. God, this is a big problem. It's okay. Goliath was big too. But the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The more of a challenge, the greater anointing. I'm telling you right now, the bigger the struggle, the bigger the anointing. The bigger the battle, the bigger the victory. Problems are nothing more than a chance for God to move in your life. When I see a problem, I get like a dog. <laughs> Let's flee, sorry. Flees. Excited. My dog, my little dog. We have a dog at the house. His name's Mason. That poor puppy, that poor, he's not a puppy anymore. That's the weirdest dog you've ever met in your life does the weirdest thing. I love him. He just does the weirdest things. When I come around, he, he I, see, I made the mistake of feeding him table food and I give it to him. Yeah, I know. I, know. I give him table food. I, not a whole lot, just a little bit to give him a treat. Sometimes. So when I come around, he gets so anxious, all he can think about is getting fed. And that little bitty tail, he's got a half of a tail. He has his tail cut off, right? And that little tail on the back of his, his behind goes like so fast, so fast. If it had wings, he'd fly. He's so nervous when I get around. He's not, he's like nervous because he's so anxious to get something. He's so excited because he knows I'm going to do something. And when I see him, I, I, I can't help it. I've got to do something. So I call him and say, come here, boy. Give him something. He'll jump up and get it. He'll do whatever I want him to do in that one moment. How many people can let the Spirit of God stir you up on the inside? Well, you know God's going to bless you. God's going to give you something. God's going to take care of it. Where's that excitement at? Do you have that excitement anymore? Or can you learn how to get excited? Yes, you can. You can learn how to stir up the gift of God inside of you and get to a place where God wants to bless you and you know he's going to bless you. Come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning. I went long enough. I'm not sure how long I went. I probably went longer than normal. But I'm going to tell you this morning that you want results in your life? Get the right strategy. Keep it simple. Be consistent. Get into the prayer language that you know God's given you. Start praying in the Spirit every day. Why don't we just lift up our hands and thank God for today? Can we do that today? Just lift up your hands. Yeah. Come on, lift up your hands and just pray and say, God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for this moment. Father, you've given me a gift. You've given me the ability, God, to climb up a mountain. You've given me the ability, God, to see results in my life. I am not going to let anybody or anyone, God, hinder me from doing what you call me to do. There is nothing too hard, dear God. There is nothing too hard. I bless your name today. I bless your name today, Jesus. I thank you for moving. I thank you for blessing. I thank you, dear God. We are above and not beneath, dear Lord. We are blessed, God. And I know that today, today's going to be a different day, God, for me. I commit to you right now. 
I commit to you right now that God, you're going to begin to work because I'm going to let you work. I want you to work in my life. I'm going to plant myself by the river of water. I'm going to make time for you. I'm going to put my word, your word in my heart. I am going to allow your presence to be there. I want to seek after you. I'm going to stay there till you bless me. We're going to be like Jacob, God. We're going to stay right here until you bless us. We're going to stay in your presence, God, until you do. I want that kind of determination in my life, God. Tell them, give me that determination. Give me that passion back. I promise you, there is nothing God can't do. There is nothing God can do. With men, things are impossible. Right here, fear. When, with men, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. In Jesus' name, somebody give God a shout of praise this Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.